I'm AJ Bianco, host of Reflect Ed, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And what I was actually relying on were some really old coping mechanisms and defenses that weren't working. Mm -hmm. And so I relied heavily on my perfectionism and I relied heavily on being liked and people pleasing. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. You know, during my 12-year teaching career, it seemed like there was always something throwing off my lesson plans, mindset, or goals. And when I began to burn out and tried to talk about it, all I heard was join the club, go for a walk, have a glass or three of wine. This is just the way it is. The current challenges you're facing, distance learning, new technologies, higher expectations, discipline issues, a personal crisis, a global pandemic, all of these challenges make your everyday life seem unmanageable. Until now. Teacher Burnout has been hacked and the book is here. In Hacking Teacher Burnout, I share my eight-step process that shines a light on burnout as an opportunity for growth and change. And in it, I empower you to become burned in, a fulfilled, happy, efficient, and effective teacher in the classroom and in life. You'll learn the steps you can take to take action steps based on your burnout type. Feel ready for the next challenge thrive, not just survive personally and professionally. Feel ready for and learn how to grow through your burnout and so much more. Hacking Teacher Burnout is here and ready for you to order on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. So go check it out or go to hackingteacherburnout.com to learn more and place a bulk order for your staff. Take a deep breath because you're about ready to do something big for your burnout. Burn on. Hey, what's up, Burnin' Teachers? Thanks so much for joining us for episode 95 of the Burned In Teacher Podcast. Can you believe it? Episode 95. And all 95 episodes have been one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. I am your host, Amber Harper, and I empower burned out teachers to believe that they deserve and can achieve a happier and more fulfilled career in life with my eight-step burned in process. Assuming that you just got back from break and completed your first full week of school, I know a lot of us went back on Monday or Tuesday, and I hope that you have been able to get some rest. And let me really quickly tell you that it's okay if you were dreading going back. It's okay. And it's okay if you're listening to this today and you're already feeling drained, not just by the everyday events of being a teacher, but by global events that are happening every day that could be draining your mindset and your energy. I am being severely affected by what's happening in the States in these last couple of days. And I'm not going to lie, it makes it really hard to want to show up, doesn't it? It does. 
And it's times like this that I'm I'm so grateful that there are people like Andrea Tessier, who I'm going to introduce here in a second, to help us to bring more sustainable coping mechanisms into our daily challenges. You know, it's times like these where we can jump on social media and get sucked in, if not shoved in, to the trauma that is happening all over the world. Here in my country, I am consistently reminded that there's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of systematic changes that need to happen. And I have to remember what I can control. And it's times like these that those of you who are listening are going to set yourself up for better success when it comes to coping with these challenges because you are surrounding yourself, even by what is going into your ears, you are surrounding yourself with people who want to help to prepare you to be successful in these challenges. Today, I am sharing my interview with Andrea Tessier. She is a master educator turned wellness coach for educators. She helps teachers overcome burnout and fall back in love with teaching again so that they can experience freedom and make an impact that inspires others and changes lives. Her nine-step pathway flows beautifully with the burned-in process. So if you are burned and over it or burned and unbalanced, especially at a stage zero, one, or two, this episode is going to help to get you on that pathway to a more conscious classroom and conscious life. Let's dive in. Andrea, thank you so much for coming on the Burned In Teacher podcast today. We're so excited to have you. Hi, Amber. I'm so excited to be here. And thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You know, you reached out to me on Instagram. And the second that I clicked on your profile and learned what you were all about and what your mission is and what your story is, I knew that you'd be a perfect fit for to be a guest here on the podcast. So you were a teacher for for quite a while. In fact, you and I were were teachers in the classroom for about the same span of time. So will you tell us a little bit about your journey and where you're from? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm in Canada right now. So I actually grew up in the prairies. I did teacher's college in Winnipeg, Manitoba. So any prairie people, hi. Um, And then as soon as I finished teacher's college, I I had that like bug to go overseas. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to move to China for a year. And 11 years later, I moved home. And so- Yeah, yeah. So that journey ended up taking me through mainland China to the Middle East. And then I landed in Hong Kong for about six years at a really, really incredible international school there. Um, So most of my teaching career, 11 years, was overseas before I moved back to Canada. And I don't know if there's anybody that is listening that has dabbled in the international circuit, but it's... um, it's really a community and like an entity in itself because you know you can choose your schools that you work at that really align with your mission and values and so I was really surrounded by these incredible communities where um, I had teachers that were super inspiring that worked alongside of me well-resourced schools and so kids were really able to do incredible things Mm. Um, and then life being what it is I 
landed back in Toronto, Canada, and that's where I am now. And so I taught there for a couple years. Um, in middle school, I've taught actually the range from grade two through grade eight. Mm -hmm. And the burnout, I would say, happened over the last, my last two years of teaching. So I have a couple of questions about this journey of yours. So I didn't realize that you taught internationally. So that's really interesting. So do you see a huge difference? It sounds like, like what you just said. You said well-resourced schools, tight-knit communities. Did you, do you see a lot of differences between the international schools that you taught at um, versus schools in Canada versus maybe what you see happening in the States where we are? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely. And a lot of the teachers that I talk to now in my community are based in the States. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, yeah, the, the schools that I worked at internationally, again, really well resourced. Um, students were just super committed to service learning and action and inquiry and schools really had the resources to be able to support that. Um, and in Canada, the system is a lot more supportive than the teacher of the teachers than from what I hear is happening in the States a lot of the time. Um, yeah. So you said then your last two years when you came back to teach that that's where your burnout set in. Is that because of the differences between the international support versus your Canadian support system? Or can you kind of go into that story and, and what's where your burnout started and maybe how that led to you leaving and what it is that you do now? Yeah, amazing. So, and that's a question that I really asked myself a lot because the system, I wasn't the same. I didn't have the same like beautiful community. And when you have connection and community creates this like beautiful buffer around you where you feel so supported. And I didn't feel that same level of connection when I arrived. I noticed myself wanting to do more of the hustle. I felt less valued personally. I felt less supported um, and I felt more pressure. Mm -hmm. But all of that being said, I also noticed that there was teachers within these communities that weren't burning out. Mm -hmm. And so I also wondered, well, like what was I doing then that made me burn out versus them? And that's when I realized Oh, okay, I was left to my own devices. And what I was actually relying on were some really old coping mechanisms and defenses that weren't working. Mm -hmm. And so I relied heavily on my perfectionism and I relied heavily on being liked and people pleasing. And when these things kind of took the driver's seat, like the internal critic like showed up too, right? And anybody who identifies as having an internal critic, it's kind of an asshole. Oh, for and sure. So that's like the, the background that's running the show. There's so much shame and guilt and shoulds of like, you should be doing more or you should be doing better or, or that's the dialogue. And so when the external world feels so chaotic and, and there's such a parallel to what's happening right now and mm -hmm. your internal world matches it and you feel the chaos internally, that's personally why I think I burnt out was... I, I don't want to blame any of the schools that I was at because even when I was overseas, there were teachers that burnt out. So, right. you know, it happens. And, and like I said, there was teachers here that weren't burnt out. And so um, it comes down to like how we're relating to the events that are happening around us. And I, I wasn't responding in really helpful and sustainable ways to what was happening around me. 
did you have any conversations with the teachers that you saw that seemed to be thriving where you were just surviving or not even feeling that you were surviving in that situation? That is such a great question. And I had developed, I was so angry and I had so much blame. And now I know that all of these are signs and symptoms of burnout. And I had zero idea that this is what happens until, you know, hindsight is 2020. Mm -hmm. So I completely isolated myself. I didn't want to identify with anything that was happening in the school. Like my last probably seven or eight months in the classroom was me eating lunch in the dark by myself because I didn't want to talk to anybody. Mm. And so it was like this angsty energy. And mm. there was even a coach at the school who was willing to help. And I like had this attitude of like, no. Yeah. So I'd really I, built up a wall mm -hmm. that was not effective. <laughs> mm -hmm. So as a teacher coach now, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that you can identify with this because you have teachers in your community that you could probably say, and I know that you have a conscious classrooms path that I'm going to ask you to share a little bit about. Um, I would identify those teachers where you were as completely like stage zero burned out, isolated, ashamed, angry. Don't, you don't want to do anything different. You just want anything you can do to get out and get away. Would you agree with that? Totally. Like when I talk about my last day of work, mm -hmm. I, I visualize myself like riding my bike away and like giving the middle finger, like mm -hmm. get me out of here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I am so done. So when you were feeling that way, when you were leaving, I mean, what was your final straw first of all to decide I am going to leave? And did you leave with the intention of becoming a teacher coach full time? Zero, no, not at all. I had the intention of leaving just because I couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. It had gotten to the point where I was not motivated to look for other jobs. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I just needed a break. Mm -hmm. um, you mean other teaching jobs or other jobs in general? Yeah, other teaching jobs. Okay. Okay. Um, so um, yeah. What was so your journey it, there as you rode that bike? I mean, metaphorically, <laughs> read that, yeah. rode that bike away. What was, what was your story there? How did you come up with conscious classrooms and you have a website and a community? What inspired you to, I mean, essentially you stayed in the education space. So it wasn't a middle finger to teachers. No, it God, was no. just like it, that situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me more about this and what it is that you do now that you've learned from your own burnout journey. Man, you know what? It was so organic. It became so clear after like, I number one tell people like, if that's the state that they're in, they need to get some space. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was really important to me to like drop down to basics, reconnect with my body, reconnect with like my soul and my mind and what was happening internally. Um, and when I did that, I... I think the tendency for a lot of us is, is to plan, right? As teachers, mm -hmm. we're so hypervigilant, we want to plan. And that was really, really scary for me not to have a plan. Mm -hmm. um, but I kind of did the thing where I got out of my own way and just allowed things to unfold. And when it did, I very quickly got 
redirect it onto the path that I know right now I am meant to be on. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a little bit spiritual woo-woo maybe for some people, but it really was for me. So I took just time to personally heal myself, which meant, you know, I got away, got some space and reconnected with my body, my me, my mind and my spirit. So I was able to see things a lot more clearly. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to name, oh, that was burnout. Mm-hmm. So it was actually like not until I was outside of it that I had the clarity to see it. And when I watch how I sort of healed myself, and for me, it looked like I had a coach and who wasn't like a teacher related coach. She was just kind of like a body, mind, spirit mm-hmm. coach. Um, and I essentially walked myself through and with her support to, you know, accepting myself and being aware of myself, being more compassionate and knowledgeable and essentially loving myself. And with that feeling within me, I could see that there was actually a path that I went through in my own healing. Mm -hmm. And that's where conscious classrooms kind of stemmed from because I navigated all of this for myself and it felt messy and it felt hard and I didn't know where I was going. And it was like, I could barely see the step that was in front of me until I got to the end. And then it was like, oh, this is how I connected those dots. These are the steps that were needed. And there was about, you know, nine steps that were really, really clear that were essential in my healing. Mm -hmm. And that I kind of like have parceled up together in this like little pathway for teachers now. So, you know, it's not that it's not going to be hard. It's still going to be hard, but I'm going to give you a freaking flashlight. you know, hang the fairy lights for you. So at least you can see where you're going. (laughs) Right. What you're saying sounds so similar and very closely aligned with what I have said many times and listeners, I know you're going to say, yes, we've heard you say this, but that you cannot, you can't stay where you are because it's easier if you're miserable. It might seem simple to, you know, just do something different. And especially with, you know, Andrea and I, that we've laid out these, these pathways for you. And I cannot wait for you, Andrea, to go through these. I I cannot wait to hear them, but it's, it's simple, but it's not easy because when you are so miserable and you're so ashamed and you're so isolated, doing anything different just seems like a heck of a lot of work and it's scary. And it's, it's easier to stay where you're familiar. And if you're, if you're familiar with that misery, then it's just easier. And it's certainly easier to find people that are also miserable when you're in that state. Yeah, totally. So tell us a little bit about your path. Tell us, are, are you, are you okay with telling us your nine steps? Yeah. yeah I would yeah, yeah. love to hear it. I could, listen, I talk about this for like three months. So you'll have to come <laughs> here because I got really excited about it. <laughs> um, so like the number one, and I think for anything is your connection to your body. Like we forget so, so often how wise our bodies are and how much wisdom is there. And we get so stuck in the mind and the thoughts and what's happening there that we forget how much wisdom is in the body. And so mm-hmm you know, deep breaths when you're stuck in those moments where you're really, really triggered. There's so much power there. And and when I, you know, I did my yoga teacher training and I actually had to learn to breathe. (laughs) And in those moments where we're flooded, we need to do that. You know, my meditation practice was key. Um, Finding like 
anchors or soulful, soulful success habits. I like to call them that like mm. anchor us into self-care in the day, you know, like things that we are so committed to doing that break the momentum and get us feeling better and embodied, you know, mm -hmm. it could be getting outside, getting into nature, putting your feet on the ground, you know, walking my dog, like it's dogs you would know are, are so good at like getting you out of the house and into doing something else right moving my body was essential in just like shifting the energy mm -hmm. um, and getting outside so number one body the second was connecting to my mind and realizing like what my values were because mm -hmm. that's when we experience like that that frustration and disconnection is when things are not aligned and I know you talk a lot about values on your, on your podcast. And when was the last time grownups have sat down and thought like, what do I actually value? Mm -hmm. And so my work was in looking at like, where do I spend my time, my money, my voice? What am I talking about? Where do I put my energy? And these are some clues that let us know like where we're aligned and, and where we need to restore some integrity. Mm. Um, because if we, we say we value something and we're doing something else, it causes a lot of internal strife. So I had to align there and then I had to align with my emotions and oh my gosh, like we spend so much time in this pursuit of happiness that we forget like there's this huge range of emotions that we are allowed to feel and we, you know, have value and worth in what they are. And so, you know, I, I talk a lot with my clients through like naming them to taming them and, and mm. feeling the full range of emotions. Like it's okay just to feel them. Right. And it's not going to stay forever. Like there's always this beautiful wave of emotions and then it passes because we can give it some conscious attention. We're not shoving it under the rug only for it to show up somewhere else. And it absolutely can feel uncomfortable, but by, I think by making the time to feel when, when it's appropriate to do so, you know, maybe not when you have to take the kids to music, right. It feels can After you drop them off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have a question. So is connecting to emotion, is that the third step in your path or does that go with connecting to your mind? Yeah, I think, well, they're both, they're all so connected, but um, when I work with teachers, it takes a little bit of time to be ready to go there, right? Because mm, we have for so sure. conditioning where we don't want to feel the hard feelings and we've been trying so hard to not. Well, that's what I was going to say too. And it sounds like you and I are also aligned with this idea that we can't fight against the burnout. We have to move through it and grow through it and learn more about ourselves. And like you said too, with values. And I think too, going back to um, connection to the body, step one is really thinking about movement as more than just necessary to lose weight or become more fit. It really is about, like you just said, connecting with your body, getting those endorphins moving and, um, and just, again, just getting out of nature, getting outside. That is where, that is where I find I am the happiest is when I am being active I don't do it to just stay fit. I do it for my mental health just as much as I do for my physical health. So I'm so glad that that's part of this. Yeah, and it's, it's the quality of energy that we're present mm -hmm. to at those mm -hmm. times, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So connect, connecting to soul and emotions and, and the thoughts and feelings that are behind the emotions. So getting curious about that perfectionism and, and starting to talk to that internal critic and where is this coming from? Because it's presenting itself as something that's happening right now, but actually it's been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so like, let's just start a dialogue with, with this voice that's in our, in the back of our mind, instead of telling it, you know, to beat it, like, well, okay, where, where is this coming from? And just getting curious because mm-hmm. when you've done that grounding work, you have a little bit more space to be curious about what's happening internally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's the next one? Yeah. So when you've done that work, then I move into boundaries work with teachers. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was able to get clear on my boundaries because I had already worked with the mindset behind it. You know, we, we jump to like set boundaries and absolutely teachers need boundaries and teachers need boundaries so that they can have balance in their life. Right. There's a lot of internal work that needs to happen so that those boundaries are realistic and sustainable. Mm-hmm. And so when I talk about boundaries and you do as well, it's like, those are those protective lines that protect your time and energy, your belongings, your physical space. And, and we have to believe that we're worth it. Mm-hmm. We are deserving of those boundaries so that we don't feel like the shame and guilt when we, you know, impo- you know, tell people about them. Mm-hmm. So we, I talk to teachers very practically about boundaries with time and ways to negotiate that. Um, and then we can move into like relational boundaries. And so I think I personally think that the, the job of teaching isn't hard because of the kids a lot of the time. Most right. of the time, um, teaching gets really challenging because of all the other crap. Right. <laughs> the other adults. The the other adults. And so what do those relationships look like and feel like and how can we nourish more positive boundaries? And, and what is my responsibility to respecting other people's boundaries too? Yes. I think that's really important that you just said that because part of that perfectionism and those boundaries is being okay with even leaving at your contract time if you have gotten your work done and you've begun to set those boundaries and you're working on your time management and you leave not feeling guilty that there are other people that are staying. I hear that a lot from teachers that I I'm afraid of judgment for leaving at my contract time when I'm ready to go home and there are other people that are staying and they see me leave and I feel bad. Yeah. You know, there's that almost like that emotional boundaries there where, where you have to say this, this is my choice. These are my boundaries and I'm, I'm going to choose not to feel guilty. And if they ask me how I'm doing it, I will surely share with them, you know, what my secrets are. But that has been something that was, was a challenge for me and continues to be a challenge for teachers too, that guilt, that teacher guilt. And I think it's so powerful to, to be able to know and understand deeply that we are not responsible for how someone else feels. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You know, like we can only be responsible for how we show up and we, you know, are our best in the world. Mm -hmm. And that grown up is responsible for their response. Yes. And and their path. And they have their own, you know, perception and stories and judgments because it's their story. Yes. Yeah. Great point. Great point. (laughs) Thanks. So the next step, which I think is six in my plan is, is breaking boundaries, which, you know, I'm very purposeful about because people are like, what? I just said all these boundaries. But I think when you're really, really clear on what they are, you can be more flexible. 
you know, the teachers that don't have to control everything that are like, okay with going with the flow because they're so grounded and rooted in who they are. They have these boundaries and know how to keep themselves safe so that they can deal with uncertainty and change because they trust themselves. Mm-hmm. They've, they've spent all this time developing self-trust so that they can surrender and go with the flow and know that it'll be okay. And so... I love, I love that so much because I'm about, I love boundaries and guidelines, but I also, and I'm sure that many, many of the teachers who are listening are saying, I don't mind guidelines, but I want the freedom and autonomy to, to be able to break them and bend them. And sometimes we have to do that without telling anybody, um, you know, that, that sub, that, uh, quiet subversion type of, uh, type of, uh, boundary breaking. But even for ourselves to say, no, it's okay. Like I, I have done the work in order to say that I'm going to be a little, I'm going to, I call it guided flexibility mm-hmm. so that you have set yourself up for success that if you go, if, and, or when you go off the, the path that you've set, that it's okay. Totally. Mm-hmm. And because you're so aligned with your values that mm-hmm. you're still rooted in something that absolutely pretty with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so once we get to this point, um, all of this is kind of like working on the self, working on like your community and how you show up and then it's moving forward. And so I think from, for a a place of moving forward, we need to first like realign ourselves with creativity and joy and play. Mm. You know, we get so freaking serious Mm. and we need to tune, take time to prioritize like more high vibrational states when we're in flow and we're genuinely playing and enjoying what we're doing, like doing things for the pure enjoyment of doing it and no other purpose where I'm getting stuff done and multitasking, like just have fun. And for me, that was such a huge part of feeling better because I could be purely in the present moment. It would raise me up so that you're not as stuck. Mm -hmm. And I think it just takes into consideration that we're whole people, mm-hmm. you know, not just, not just teachers in a classroom. And while that is such a beautiful, beautiful job, um, I think we're more, we're more than just that. Absolutely. And play and creativity that taps into us as whole beings. Mm-hmm. And that kind of goes back to the boundary setting is that you, you have to be okay with saying, I can't commit to this because I have an appointment and that appointment could be with yourself taking a walk in the park. <laughs> And it doesn't have to be more than that. Like, and no, it can be a one word sentence. (laughs) Yes, exactly. 100%. Um, The eighth step is about building community connection and collaboration. I think Mm. when you've done all this work, now you can show up with these like really authentic, powerful, collaborative relationships and community. And we know that burnout thrives on disconnection, like hello, crying in my room in the dark at lunchtime. And humans need connection to thrive. And I know that right now that face-to-face connection is so hard and it just means that we need to get creative, I think, in how we do this. But for me, I, I needed to take the time to create deeper connections. So I desperately wanted to be seen and to be met. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just such a normal human need, you know, um, but that meant that I had to go first. Mm-hmm. And so it meant that I had to start telling my story and it meant that I had to come clean about some of the feelings and the, the path and all of the things. And it was so incredible that when I started doing that, other teachers were like, 
Me too. And the permission and the connection it creates. So, Well, I think what's really interesting about that is that you can connect with other teachers who are struggling with burnout in a positive way and or in a negative way where you can come together like what you're talking about here and say, I can show empathy to you in this situation because I've been there and let's work through this together. Or you could connect with other burned out teachers in a, in what seems like a positive way where you're venting and talking about all the problems, but that's where you stay. And that's what I love so much about having this path. You know, it's that this is a path to help you to grow out of that, out of those negative toxic conversations and relationships and to connect with other people who want to, uh, be validated and they want to be heard, but they also want to be helped. Yes. And I think sometimes it's like the, the harder feelings that come out first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the behavioral signs of, of burnout, which we can see in other people before we see it in ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. It's that cynicism and pessimism. And, and those are all just cries for, I need some help here. Yeah. Yeah. So everything that you're talking about is really interesting to me because you have a degree in advanced psychology. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually like, it's so beautiful that this is where I ended up because I was so passionate about psych when I was doing university and then I ended up choosing teaching. It was just, you know, what would felt right at the time. And when the teaching came to, you know, a close and I started being really interested in coaching, it was again, like this ping from intuition, I think, like in my gut that was like, you need to, you know, make your mess, your message here. Like your job is to help teachers now. I just (laughs) wrote that down. That is beautiful. (laughs) It's like, yeah. And it was just like, well, this would be a perfect amalgamation of like my passion for psychology and the brain and talking to people as well as like I freaking love teachers and I love education and I, I believe that teachers are the biggest influences out there and you know, there is a way to put all of this together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think it's so interesting too, that you have this history of being in the classroom very, very much like me. I mean, I taught in the classroom for 12 years And I think there's a difference between having a coach or somebody that is mentoring you who has been in the trenches, who has been there, who has felt those feelings and been in that place emotionally, physically, mentally, and then is now outside of it where that is their full-time responsibility is supporting teachers you know, sometimes there's kind of a stigma of, well, you left the classroom. So that's clearly your answer. Well, no, it's because following, following my purpose and my people is that I cannot fully be present for students and teachers and my family at the same time. So you having that perspective and being from the inside, now on the outside, having that clarity, having this pathway, having this support system for teachers that are in it, it offers so much perspective and, um, and conscious guidance, basically. I mean, using your, your words there, that, that helps them to see that there's not, not a necessarily a journey out of the classroom, unless that's what they want, but a journey out of the burnout. Yes, totally. 
totally. And I think that's why it's so powerful for teachers to talk to other teachers, just because mm-hmm. of the nuances of the profession, mm-hmm. of the language, and you know, talking to people outside of it is, is also great. But um, just knowing, knowing what it feels like, and mm-hmm. knowing the intricacies of the job and how many hats you actually wear, I totally get it. So with our current situation of, you know, teaching during the pandemic, some teachers still teaching virtually full-time hybrid model in the physical classroom. What are the conversations that you're seeing in your community and that you're hearing from your teachers? Yeah, and teachers are afraid. Teachers are anxious. Teachers, uh, what I'm really noticing is teachers feeling that frustration with not being in control. Mm -hmm. that external world outside of them being so chaotic and needing that with the internal chaos as well. And they're looking for answers and they're looking for more organization and they're looking for things to change outside of them. And I totally get that because our job revolves around things running smoothly. Right. (laughs) Right. Everyone can be safe Mm -hmm. and, you know, for, for things to, yeah, run smoothly and for the students, for the students to, to be at their best. And what I've noticed is what we do have control over is our internal world. Mm -hmm. And there's actually so much more we have control over, over than we think. Absolutely. That has to do with our, how we regulate our physiology. It has to do with what we focus on. If we are focusing on our attention, on all the things, the problems, all the things we can't do, of course that's frustrating. Um, and the meaning that we're attaching to everything that's around us. So all of that is within our control, I believe. So what would you say to the teachers who are listening to this? What would be the first thing that you would suggest that they do when they're feeling those feelings, that lack of control, that overwhelm, that, that chaotic feeling, what would you tell them to do first? Like number one, stop, breathe, take mm-hmm. three minutes if you can. And you know, the yoga teacher in me says like some deep belly breaths and start to regulate because we're dysregulated in those moments. And you know, when, I, when I think about the physiology of the body and the nervous system, that resp- the nervous system that's responsible for fight, flight, freeze, that parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system can't work at the same time. Right. And so it's like the gas and the brake in the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you actually consciously have to shift gears and working with the breath and taking some deep breath- belly breaths is key to just switch over. Naming, what am I feeling right now? Okay, this is anxiety. This is fear. This is anger. Can I tap into what is the story? I'm even telling myself about this right now and can you ground down like I love putting my hands on my body and just reminding myself like I'm safe right now Mm -hmm. it's going to be okay I am safe and that's like the first thing like when you're triggered um we need to drop into the present moment because the present moment is is not where the anxiety and the fear rests that that's that's in something you know more in the future or in the past. Mm-hmm. I love everything <laughs> that you shared. Is there anything else that that I've that that we've left out of this path that you've set? Um, I think we just didn't talk about that last step, which is you know about getting gaining clarity on your mission and purpose. Oh, great. And I think that becomes clear when you've done all of this work, mm-hmm. and then we can reframe our 
ourselves, our mission to serving others mm-hmm. and leading from a place of not only open-mindedness, but open-heartedness and connecting with others, um, saying, yes, we're just more open to knowing and reminding ourselves why we are here. Mm-hmm. And our purpose doesn't have to rest in a job. No. You know, our purpose mm-hmm. can be so much bigger than that. Um, but when we are so clear on what that is, and mine personally is to connect, to educate, and to heal, and whether that's my own or someone else's, we can do this in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it looks like serving other teachers. Um, for teachers, it looks like the beautiful work that they do in their classroom. And you can see that when you're grounded and aligned and in, in integrity with your true nature. Absolutely. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for sharing all of those steps. They are fabulous. I can't wait. I'm sure we're going to lay them out in the show notes for sure. So people can easily um, follow them themselves and think about where they are on that pathway. So how can people find you and learn more about you, Andrea? Amazing. So I have a website. It's just my name, andreatessier.com. There's a couple of my different offerings that are up there as well. I work with teachers one-on-one and walk them through the pathway over 12 weeks of coaching. I do group coaching as well, where we really focus on creating more balance in our life through boundaries and the belief systems that are are not working behind them. Um, And I also have a Facebook group that's called the Conscious Educators Collective, and that's free. And I post content daily, which is either me doing a live or a blog post that I wrote or just some tips and tricks to to get in alignment and get you feeling really, really good again. So that would be a great place to start. Um, Or on the socials, like I'm on Instagram and Facebook and I'm always, always willing to jump in and offer value to teachers. Oh, well, I really, really appreciate your time, Andrea. This was fantastic. And again, you... If you believe, if you're listening to this and you believe before that there was no support, no help for you out there, Andrea and I found each other. (laughs) (laughs) There are many, many former teachers or current teachers that are there ready and willing to listen. So Andrea, thanks again for coming on the podcast. So grateful for you. You're so welcome. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned-in teacher. Burn on.